Hello, I'm Jerry Timmerman and this is the introduction of a new podcast series about my feature film project, The Magician's Daughter. The film is partly about me, The Magician's Daughter. I am a filmmaker and daughter of the fairly unknown Dutch magician, Timanini. But the film is also about the life of the Jewish magician, Ben Alilibi, and how his life and mine influenced each other in unexpected ways. In 1998, in Los Angeles, I came across the Dutch poem about the Jewish magician Ben Alilibi, very well known in the Netherlands. Can you read the poem? Well, Judy, I forgot to introduce you. I should oh. have introduced you sooner, but I'm here sorry. you are. We'll mm-hmm. go back into you later. Okay. But thank you, Judy, for asking that question. I will um, read the poem by the Dutch poet Willem Wilmink, titled Ben Ali Libby. On a list of artists killed in the war was a name I had never heard before, so I looked with wonder at that one, Ben Ali Libby, magician. With a smile, a dodge and a box full of tricks, and an alibi he chose with care, he scraped and scrambled a living, Ben Ali Libby, the magician. Then it happened that the Rost widow's friends thought Holland should be freed of the global Jewish Bolshevik danger. They meant, of course, that magician, who had so often hid a flower or a dove at the hammering at the door couldn't even hide himself. And the truck idled for him, Ben Alilibi, the magician. In the concentration camp, he may well have performed his greatest tricks with a smile, a dodge and a diverting gesture Ben Alilibi, the magician. And whenever I hear someone bawl out his version of Utopia, I think, your paradise is there room for one, Ben Alilibi, the magician. For Ben Alilibi, the little Schlemiel, may he rest in peace, God rest his soul. Well, this poem really touched me, although I didn't immediately know why. I did not have such happy memories of my childhood in the world of magic and had hidden it far away. But it was as if the poem unlocked that part in me again and it hasn't left me alone to this day. I also had just completed an 18-month job at Steven Spielberg's Shoah Foundation. Often I had to translate letters from people who hoped to find their relatives who had disappeared in the Holocaust and somewhere were hoping to find them in the somewhere 52,000 video testimonies of Holocaust survivors. At that time, however, the technology was not yet that advanced that you could properly search this immense database. It was very distressing to me to not yet be able to help people in their search. I think it was a combination of the two, and it also brought back memories of stories from my own father who had worked in Germany Um, for a while as a forced laborer and sometimes did a magic trick to get extra bread from a guard. When I read the poem I thought, did this magician really exist? Or was he one of the many missing victims who would never be found? And if he existed, what had happened to him? I decided to investigate it, to possibly make a documentary out of it. It was the beginning of a long, almost or a little bit more than 20 years, captivating quest in which I was drawn further and further down the magic rabbit hole and I had to overcome all kinds of challenges to discover the truth of the story. 
The title of this podcast will be The Making of the Feature Film The Magician's Daughter, also known as Disappearing Act. There will be episodes in English and Dutch. Today I'm sitting here with my friend and author Judy Lane, herself a second-generation Holocaust survivor and author of the book Irish Jew and... Other Tales of Life in the Judy Lane. It's too long, Judy. It's too long. <laughs> anyway, um, you all should try to buy it somewhere. Um, where is it for sale? It's on Amazon.com. <gasps> and maybe in Amazon UK and DE, Germany. Mm-hmm. Let's try that. Anyway, it's hilarious. I just finished it again, and it's hilarious. Anyway, Judy was also touched. I met Judy last year and I told her about the film that I've been working on and she was touched by Ben Alilibi's story and she agreed to be my podcast buddy for the English introduction to the podcast series today. She is going to play today the American Devil's Advocate and put her questions and possibly uh, your submitted questions to me. I might find uh, along this trip some other people that will take Judy's place again, depending on my location, and then they will ask your questions or their questions. But now first, one of the funniest women I know, Judy, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Jerry. Um, As you said, I am uh, the published author of Life in the Judy Lane. Uh, Actually, it's the Irish Jew and other tales of life in the Judy Lane, because uh, that was my syndicated column that I did for many years, a humor column, Life in the Judy Lane. Um, And Jerry, I was, I was immediately captivated by your story um, about the daughter and the magician and the fact that there was uh, a Jewish magician, Ben Ali Libby, and uh, that you were going to make a film about it. I'm curious what you'll discover and how you're going to manage to make a feature film about this. In addition, uh, I or my successors will collect questions from listeners and present them to you, if that's okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, At the moment, we're in Vista, California. For those of you who don't know, that's in North San Diego County. Uh, Jerry is crashing here with um, my lovely other half, Dale, and myself. Um, So my first question to you, Jerry, is where did you come from on your trip? And tell us, what are we going to discover in this podcast series? Well, by now I have been here in the States for weeks, uh, and I've been traveling uh, starting in Portland, Oregon, Um, and the Dutch uh, introduction podcast uh, talks a little bit about that. Um, and so I'm basically came here um, with almost no money. So it's going to be uh, very exciting to see if I will able to succeed to get the film into production. Um, and so basically the four, the first four weeks I just, traveled from place to place so that I didn't have to sleep in my car. And um, so at the moment I'm in Southern California, uh, San Diego County, and tomorrow I will go to Los Angeles 
um, for a week, 10 days, maybe two weeks, and then we'll have to figure it out all over again. Um, I did uh, go to Northern California um, and uh, stayed three nights with my friends Kate and Elliot um, and did a podcast with Kate about her book. And uh, Elliot, uh, who is a brilliant uh, composer who did my demo uh, many, many years ago, the music for my demo, and... um, So he edited um, that podcast, uh, so you'll be able to see it on YouTube, but you also can hear it in all your uh, podcast platforms, uh, probably this week. Um, It is sort of the beginning, and so you see me, because I filmed it, uh, that one, uh, a clumsy me, and sometimes you will hear clumsy me uh, at the beginning in those... uh, Uh, podcast that I'm doing right now Um, but uh, it's going to uh, be interesting so uh, Kate and Elliot have supported me in many ways Uh, and with Kate I have I dove into her experiences with the supernatural um, as her book is about her life as a medium and it's an aspect that also services in my search Um, well whether or you're not you believe in it or not, it will be very intriguing and it will be enlightening. Then, um, Judy, you asked, what are we going to discover? Well, in the podcast, just like in the feature film, I go in search of the Jewish magician Ben Alilibi who disappeared in the Holocaust. According to what was generally believed, he was murdered on the 2nd of July, 1943, in the extermination camp Sobibor in northeastern Poland. Mm. However, I found in my research um, through the Red Cross archives that a man had reported um, himself to the Red Cross and said that he had seen Ben Ali Libi in the Polish town of Czestochowa shortly after the liberation of Auschwitz, uh, a concentration camp very well known Um, and that was located in southern Poland. So I and the film investigate whether Ben Alilibi was able to achieve the impossible and escape the extermination camp Sobibor to get to the south of Poland. Unfortunately, Ben Alilibi never returned to the Netherlands from the war. So we are also going to see if he has indeed been to Czestochowa. I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation of that town and hopefully we'll find how he ultimate ultimately lost his life wow well what did you discover well of course i won't reveal everything in the podcast uh, not the things that will be uh, in the feature film but much has happened during the search which takes the listener into the ongoing search for ben ali libi there are many twists and turns in the story that forces us to try to figure out this mystery. In addition, the podcast is also about making the film. For example, will I, this year, and now 66, it's even difficult for me to say, (laughs) year-old filmmaker on a small budget, on her trip to Hollywood, managed to find co-producers and investors to make the screenplay into a feature film. Wow. Well, it's a very exciting story in itself. Uh, How are you going to handle this? 
Well, in 1996, after a divorce and losing my business, I went to the United States with $2 uh, to try to fulfill my childhood dream of becoming a filmmaker in Hollywood. And very naively I said, oh, I will find a job in six weeks. And even Americans said, Americans don't even find a job in a year. So that was very optimistic. Months earlier, I had seen in the Netherlands an interview on TV with Steven Spielberg about the Shoah Foundation, which he founded to give Holocaust survivors around the world a chance to have their stories and testimonies recorded on video. I had worked on a similar project in Japan and thought I would like to participate in that. But in America, everyone said that Spielberg's project was already done. But to my surprise, a few weeks later, I found an advertisement, the only one turned out later, where they were looking for someone. And after eight weeks, I had a job. So not six weeks, but eight weeks with Steven Spielberg. It would be a life-changing job, but I'll talk more about that later. Well, recently I lost my income again, and after a slight panic, well, you can say big panic, I thought it was destined to happen. I have to finish the feature now. I had already written the screenplay last year, finished it, except for some rewrite that I want to do uh, this week. And I thought, I've been lucky before. And I crossed the ocean in good faith, so why not do it again? Let's, you know, find some more magic. And now I'm turning up the tension a bit and taking the listeners with me to see if it works again or if I fail, which is, of course, still a possibility. Now uh, I'm in uh, the US for four weeks and I'm running out of money, for example. How am I going to fix this? And how do I get to Hollywood on a shoestring? Well, what else can we expect from you in the podcast? Well, we go wide to make the podcast as accessible as possible to all kinds of listeners. We interview archivists, film technology experts, magicians, and contemporary wizards who can move between the various worlds. But we're also trying to reach out to producers in Hollywood who have previously expressed interest. People like Barbara Streisand and Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. No small task either. I'm putting the bar as high as I can. Furthermore, all kinds of subjects are discussed that have been touched upon in the research phase of the film. And that are sometimes worth the film in themselves. But not everything will fit into the feature film. Hence, the podcast. And so we will do, you know, history topics about World War II and Holocaust history. We will dive into magic and Jewish artists in World War II and what happened to them. We um, look at video testimonials from Holocaust survivors from the traditional video from like more than 20 years ago to today's interactive conversational videos, where even controversial AI is discussed. The development of film technology, it spans also 20 years, and how did film become video? And how it became important, this technology, in the making of this film, it will actually be very important. We We'll dive into how you make a movie, from idea to screenplay, 
a documentary, which actually was made in Holland, about Ben Alilibi, and how do you get from that to feature film? Um, how do we use film or video in the recordings or even archival footage in a feature film, which all is more possible with new technology? Research, we'll dive into research. From the time without Google, I had to go into attics and, and dive into old carton boxes. And how do we do research now? It's very interesting that um, I did research and it took me a few years to get something that took a researcher a couple of years ago uh, 10 minutes to find online. Anyway, we're talking about composing film music um, and so much more. We talk about the art of magic. We interview magicians who helped with the film. We're telling stories through a magic trick. How do you do that? And then we dive into real magic about Egypt, hermetics, uh, all combined and influenced magic as we know it now. And we will look into coincidences. Is something a coincidence or was it meant to be? And is there a world besides this one? Maybe a little bit far, but it's still exciting. And so we will dive into all kinds of main and side branches in the magic rabbit hole. And of course, I'll take you with me on the continued search for the Jewish magician, uh, Ben Alilibi. Now, Judy, do you have any more questions? Because I keep on talking forever. No, no. I, I'm uh, fascinated by where this is going to go and what you're going to discover. I think it's, it's going to be very intriguing and interesting. Well, thanks so much, Judy. And can I put you on the spot? Uh-oh. You know, I read your book. Um, and you have led a fascinating life. Um, but your father was a Holocaust survivor who lost most of his family except for his sister in the Holocaust. And there's not always been enough emphasis on second-generation Holocaust survivors. And I would love to interview another time and uh, talk about that, if that's uh, okay with you. Yes, and, and I'm going to give you a, a, a little tidbit, since you said that, that you don't even know. Okay. I haven't even told you. I've known you for a year, but it seems like 10 years. We, we really clicked, and I, I think I know why. There's so many reasons, but one of them is we may have to employ Kate for this. But there has been some thought, my brothers and I were talking, that my father was related to Harry Houdini. Wow, now we might have to employ Kate for that. And that's very interesting because I actually have done some research. And as a child, I was fascinated by Houdini. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did do some research, research in the beginning to Houdini. So I, I think that's an episode in itself. I'm looking forward to that. And Me I too. think, I think the listeners will too. Yeah. So. And we might have to do that then on camera and we'll show some pictures maybe of your father oh, and yeah. the family. Maybe that is a good idea. Yeah, I'll get my hair done. <laughs> so will I. <laughs> anyway, not in our pajamas today, but um, uh, yeah, not for the viewer. No. Um, acceptable. Well, thank you so much, Judy. And uh, I'm looking You're forward. You're so welcome. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye.